hello, hello. Welcome to the 19th edition of Where They At. My name is Nabate Owls, and it's always a pleasure to feature legendary sports figures. And this episode is no different. I want to present a gentleman that really accentuated excellence in the offensive line. This man, in only eight seasons, uh, did more than most players have done in a lifetime, for sure. And uh, he was a major part of the back-to-back two-time national champion University of Alabama Crimson Tide team in the late 1970s. He joined the Miami Dolphins and in just eight seasons in the NFL was a five-time All-Pro and a five-time Pro Bowler, was universally known as the best center in football. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1998 and in 2019 he was named a member of the NFL 100, which recognizes the top 100 players commemorating the 100-year history of the National Football League. It, without further ado, I'd like to present the great Dwight Stevenson on Where They At. How are you, sir? Doing well. How you doing? I'm great, thank you. I'm great, thanks, sir. And, 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 and the first question I ask uh, all my guests is, uh, where you at? What's going on? <laughs> and everything. <laughs> I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm the point of my life, I'm uh, you know, still down here in South Florida. I uh, live in Delray Beach, Florida. I'm... Uh, in the construction business, uh, and uh, you know, and just uh, never left South Florida. I mean, I think it's a great place to uh, live and uh, enjoying, uh, enjoying doing what I'm doing. Yes, yes, indeed. And talk about D. Stevenson uh, Construction, your company, and 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 uh, the type of contracts you have, and how you serve the community. Sure, I tell you what, uh, D. Stevenson Construction is a company that uh, myself and my wife we formed uh, 20 years ago. We're located here in South Florida. Most of our work is right down here in South Florida. Oh, you, you, you said 20, 28, 28, 28? 28 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry. And uh, we've been uh, located here in South Florida. We do most of our work down here in South Florida between Palm Beach County, Miami-Dade County, as well as Broward County. Uh, oh. We employ right around 41 people, but we're construction managers, general contractors, uh, and trying to build a great reputation down here in South Florida. We uh, we uh, we have some great customers, and uh, you know we're excited about the work that we're doing. We uh, we uh, probably uh, do a lot of schools. We do a lot of school school mm-hmm. high ed work as well as stuff. We we done a different kinds of all, all different kinds of work. Uh, but our goal is to really be uh, one of the best contractors in South in in, in the state of Florida, and uh, trying to. Uh, so the people can take care of their families and you know feel proud about what they're doing. Wow, and 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 with and with the company being around for twenty eight years, I think you're doing that for sure. Absolutely, that's we're longevity. Working at, we're working at it every day. It's not. It's never done. It's got always something that we feel good about. But we knew progress is what we progress is what we look for, and that's where we uh, never saying that hey we've done it. We we we're the best, and we, we don't have to work hard anymore. We feel so we're working at trying to uh, get our job accomplished every day. Wow. And how, how's your family and, and your business dealing with, with the pandemic? I tell you, it's, uh, the pandemic is something that we could never ever envision. And you still can't see it, but it's out there and it's real and you, mm-hmm. we're taking it serious. Uh, we want our people to be, our team members and, and people to be safe. Uh, we want to be safe and uh, we're trying to uh, get this, to get to the other side of this. and. Um, whether things be back to the way it was 100% the way it was before, I don't know if we ever get back there, but I do think that yeah. this shall pass, as, as God says, and, uh, you know, we just have to 
adjust, make adjustments and move forward. And, uh, you know, realizing that, uh, you know, we, we're human beings, we're human beings, we will adjust and, and, and move forward. That's right. Well, here on the 19th episode of Where They At with Pro Football Hall of Famer, Mr. Dwight Stevenson. And uh, sir, now growing up, uh, your parents, Eugene Stevenson and Louise Brunson, you were part of a a family of seven, seven children. And uh, how did your parents provide, and your family overall, provide a foundation for you and your approach towards excellence? I mean, they gave me the best foundation that that anyone could have. My... uh, when people talk about, well, you know, I didn't grow up, I did. I grew up with both my parents, my mother and my father, and, uh, you know, has six, seven, six brothers and sisters. We were a large family, and, uh, and that's what made us, uh, I think, that really helped us. Uh, we operated as one. Uh, my mm-hmm. father, you know, worked, uh, you know, uh, when I, I never, he never missed, never missed work. My mother never missed work. They, they, they believed, they came off a farm, so work is kind of, what they did. And my father worked two jobs for like 40 years. And, uh, you know, uh, I just, I go through the whole week. I would see my father until Saturday evening and, uh, probably then I might be out playing basketball or something. So uh, Sunday I'd see him and, uh, but Monday morning he's up and at it and, uh, going to work and, and providing for the family. He'd be at that job at seven o'clock in the morning, get off at four, uh, be to the second job at five o'clock, get off at 12 o'clock that night he did wow. it for 40 years unbelievable and uh wow. so and then my mother she was she worked in a school cafeteria and uh and you know took care of seven children and uh you know thank god everybody no one's ever been in jail no one's been in any trouble and they thank god that they did they were we didn't have to look for for good uh for good uh, role models and wow. uh and so and then my sisters and brothers i mean you know, the, the support that they we still support one another and you know we have family gatherings and we get together a lot of fun and you know uh, but but I had a strong family um, you know support system there and stuff and I couldn't ask for better amazing and that and that that definitely is a blessing for sure absolutely so your family were uh, Minnesota Vikings fans you know the time of the purple people eaters you know <laughs> and and everything so but what drew what drew you to football and what made you all Vikings fans <laughs> you know you know, I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't know really how we became Minnesota Vikings fans. And I think let me. My father, he kind of liked uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Minnesota. He was a Leroy Kelly fan, oh. and because uh, mm-hmm. Leroy Kelly was quite a player. I mean. That's right. And, uh, so and the Minnesota Vikings uh, was kind of like so. We the kids, I think we just. I don't know how we gravitate towards the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, but they we became Minnesota Vikings fans. We love to see Bud Grant and uh, uh, Kyle Eller and Alan Page and those guys play on uh, play on Sunday. And uh, and um, you know it was just a great time and stuff. And so, but we uh, we we just became Minnesota Vikings fans. And but like that's that all changed, uh, you know, in 1980. <laughs> oh, wow, exactly, exactly. And I have a question. You were in Hampton, Virginia, so there was no league pass back then. So how'd you see the Vikings? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you did. You know, I just saw highlights maybe uh, yeah. <laughs> on Monday Night Football. I would see, you know, Sunday from time to time they come on and stuff. Okay. And, uh, but they were, but they won a lot of football games back then, so they were on TV quite often. And that's stuff. right. That's and, right. Uh, we. Um, but they, uh, I just became a Minnesota Viking fan, and uh, and I thought that was a, uh, you know, the, wanted to be a Minnesota Viking when I grew up and stuff. So, uh, but uh, 
<laughs> and I made a mistake. I said league pass. That's NBA. I meant I meant Sunday ticket. You know, because like, yeah. I thought y'all had something that you know invented something that no one else knew. You know. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but we, uh, but uh, we did, and uh, but I came up, you know, Minnesota Viking. But I was more basketball player. That's what it, really what I wanted to do when I was mm. coming up. Okay. And, uh, you know, I enjoy watching guys where everybody probably gravitated toward Earl the Pearl Monroe. I love to see Earl the Pearl and those guys play, but. I was more of a West Ansel kind of guy, you know, uh-huh. get rebound, throw the pass, you know, you play good defense and that sort of thing. So I was more of a, uh, more of a fan of him. Wow, interesting, <laughs> interesting. So the center position probably like that too, you know, you don't get the glory and all that, but you know, you 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 uh, you um, you see other guys do well, and and then hey, means you're doing well. So. And it's um and the center position is like that. That's the great thing. It's like the the base. Right. I mean, it is. It's one of those things where you have to always. You got to be cool at all times. You got to snap that ball. I mean, you you screw up. You you mess up the snap. I mean, you mess up the play. And uh, so that needs to happen. That's automatic. That shouldn't be anything to think about. But you you do initiate. You start things and uh, and uh, so. You know, you, but you're just kind of natural leadership position and stuff. And I always, I enjoyed that too. You know, you set the huddle, you control the huddle, you know, you get that have five and six people talking. You, one person needs pretty much be controlling. I mean, talking in the huddle and that's the quarterback. Yes. You bring back information, you know, they help him make a decision or get the, you know, from the sidelines and stuff. But, um, but the center, posi- center position is one that you try to control things and, and get the thing ready so that, you know, you go to the line of scrimmage. You set up, and then people line up on you. I mean, you, you, I mean, the, the play starts with you and stuff. So uh, that, that's kind of why I liked about it. Wow. Wow. Here with the great Dwight Stevenson, a member of the NFL 100 team, one of the 100 greatest players in NFL history, pro, pro football Hall of Famer as well. So, Dwight, you went on to Alabama to coach yep. Bear Bryant. So how did that relationship start in his recruiting, his courting of you, and, and how was the relationship overall with Coach Bryant? Yeah, you know, when I, when I got to the University of Alabama, even before I got there, Alabama, they came up to Hampton, Virginia, to our high school to recruit two other two other guys there. They were big All-Americans and deservingly so. Uh, they were Woodrow Wilson and Simon Gupton. And uh, they like, they probably could have went anywhere in the country. And uh, so Alabama came like everyone else and came to see him and and, uh, and offered him a scholarship. And my coach told them about me. Uh, my high school coach told them about me and said, you know, my daughter look at the white Stevenson. He's uh, you know he, he's he's new. You know, it's the second year playing, but you know he be pretty. He might be pretty good. Anyway, they did. They looked at me and said, okay, well they they offered all three of us a scholarship. And we went down for a visit, and uh, and uh, you got to you know meet Coach Brian, and took his, he took me to his home. He was that kind of guy. He's impressive, you know. It was kind of to go to his home, meet his wife, and that sort of thing. That was that was that was uh, just made you feel right at home. And so uh, we go back to Hampton, and uh, you know I pretty much I'm 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 Alabama. I'm sold on Alabama. So I tell everyone I you know I'm going to go to Alabama, and the other two guys they decided to go to NC State, and uh, oh. they went to NC State, and they did well. Made all conference and and one of them played in the league. Uh, Woodrow Wilson, he played yes. in the National Football League. Uh, and then I, uh, I went to Alabama, and uh, you know I uh, went down there, and you know down there I saw that you know there was good football players there, no question. But it was also you know I felt as if I guess at some point I could compete, and I did. I was, I was just you know wasn't gonna quit. 
things happen well for me. And, and I played with some good guys. I mean, I played with some, you know, guys like, you know, Don McNeil. You know, That's right. You both were drafted the same year. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's probably the best football player I played with and stuff. He was just a natural, not and not, not just a natural. He worked at it too, but he was a natural. But he, um, I mean, he was just, he was part of, I said, the best athlete that I played with then. And uh, just a terrific uh, individual and stuff. And played with Curtis McGriff and, you know, some guys that, uh, you know, good people, and good football players. Wow. Wow, that's so, right. That's really probably where I really blossomed playing on a team. Uh, with good football players and good coaches. And uh, so I just went in there and I said, you know, what makes this guy a really good football player, a great player, or All-American? And those guys, I felt they worked. They worked. They worked harder than most of the guys that were around them. And I said, we're working hard and, and you know, not, not giving up and quitting. I can do that. And, uh, and that's kind of what I did. I said, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'm, uh, you know, without other people relaxing, I, I work hard. When other people wow. trying to figure out a way to, not you know, not get out there and uh, run the gassers or do that do that work. I'm gonna do it and stuff. And uh, and uh, you know, things happen happen uh, pretty good for me there. So. Wow! And that that made you made you the great that you that you became for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I think that really helped me. Wow, absolutely. And that's right, because Don McNeil was first-round pick from yeah. Miami, and then you were the second-round pick from Miami, both from Alabama, right. so you both joined each other. And then Tony Nathan, too, your former teammate, uh, played with the Dolphins as well. So, absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah, we, uh, we, had, Alabama, we had a real good Alabama-Miami uh, Dolphin connection going on there. So we had guys, yeah, Don McNeil and, you know, uh, Bob Umhau, also, right. uh, mm-hmm. Joe Carter. Uh, and uh, and myself, I mean, but I think Alabama uh, Coach Shue was pretty impressed with Alabama and the, and the players in the organization. His son went to school there, and he sent his son up there to play at the University of Alabama as well. And stuff. That's right, Mike Shula, Mike Shula, right? That's, yes, that's right. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, right. So we, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a good good thing going on there and stuff. Well, no doubt. And 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 speaking of Coach Shula, unfortunately, he left us recently uh, made the transition uh, he was 90 years old and and the all-time winningest coach as we all know in NFL history similarities and differences between Bear Bryant and Don Shula two of the greatest coaches to ever live in football history absolutely um, they're, on their levels the best I think they ever, ever coached the game and stuff I think coach Bryant uh, you know one thing about him I mean they were all very both of those guys very organized I mean very uh, detail mm-hmm. uh they, they were guys that and they knew people you know they they weren't just you know they they understood people they, they know that some people need to be pushed this way some people need to be pushed that way mm-hmm. and but they but they both of them made people better and uh coach brian i mean the things that he taught us i mean it helped me to become a better football player helped me become a better person and the exact yes. same thing I mean, when it comes down to coach shula you know, the same thing. I mean, we all became better football players and better people. And the things that we learned from both of those guys, still, we carry a lot of those things with us today in our everyday life and what we're doing in business, what we're doing, uh, you know, uh, with our family and how we're growing. I mean, winning is a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's a process. And I think that Coach Bryant and them, knew, you know, you need good people and, and, and realize the process yeah, that, that helps you become a winner. 
Wow, absolutely. And, and Coach Shuler, the adaptability that he had, because in the 70s, you know, the no-name defense, and, and they were basically a running football team. They, they pound you on the ground. But then when a young man named Dan Marino was drafted in 1983, it was a whole different story. Uh, uh, talk about Coach Shuler's adaptability and the way he yeah. was able to, to just to, uh, adjust to his personnel. I'm going to tell you, we would be adaptability and him realizing change and so forth. I think that's one of the, one of the trademarks of Coach Shuler. He didn't change just because, you know, uh, it was the easier way to, to do it. it was, I mean, it was the time for the change, and, you know, and, and, and he also played the hand that, he de- that it was dealt. I mean, mm-hmm. he, um, when, he, when, when I first came there in the 80s, in 1980, I mean, we were still running football team. We would run, run first past second and uh you know and we would be in the game in the huddle this is ex- just example we'd be in the huddle the offensive line we get a little tired <laughs> we might say marina uh, i mean quarterback we just say you know we say uh let's do a running a pass play pass play because pass blocking <laughs> was a lot you didn't take as much energy or it was break a break or the muscles or whatever you did was different so it right. was a break it was like a break as a as a defense as a, a as a from the run block because it's uh, ah. when Marino came, you're right. I mean, we changed, and you know, we first we ran the football. We were under Franklin. We ran the football and did a good job and that sort of thing. We won the football games, and then when Dan Marino came, it was the rules changed some, and then you hit Dan Marino. It was time to pass the pass the football, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had guys like Nat Moore. We had Mark Duper, Clayton, and right. those guys. We had the we had the things that we needed, and uh, and the offensive line that I felt was pretty good at protect protect the quarterback. And mm-hmm. uh, we um, so we uh, we ran we we threw the football. It was um, it was time to do that, and we did it effectively. And then when we get in the huddle now, we like we tell Marino run the ball a little bit, <laughs> run the ball just to give us a break because it was you know we as offensive line. I'm telling you that pass protecting it was just a it was a good mixer, but it was also Give us a break because then you're a little winded or whatever. So. That's right. Because you have to be nimble with the footwork. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but, we, but we had, I tell you what, we, we, we really had a, a unit. I mean, we had a unit there and stuff and worked well together. And, um, and things, things went well. We just never won the big one. We got into yeah. it. I uh, got into, I got into the Super Bowl a couple of times, once against the Redskins, the other time against the 49ers. And, uh, but, we didn't win either one. It was two days that uh, that things didn't go that well for us and stuff. So. Wow. But the consistency. The consistency was there of being contenders every year, and oh, you were a part of that for sure. You you spearheaded that. I like to think that we were literally, I mean, we were we were there. We were in the mix. We were we we, we had the opportunity chances every year and stuff. And uh, we just – we didn't get it done. But I felt good about our chances. And then, you know um, – I just felt as long we we kept on banging on. I mean, we would get there and stuff. And then you, before you know it, your injuries start happening. I I was injured, but before that, some of the other guys got hurt, and you know that sort of thing. Or retired, and you know, and uh, it was uh, you know. And then before you know it, the game you know the game is over with for you. It happens. It's it's a, it's a really short career. Short career. Wow. Well, yeah, and we're going to talk more about that. And and wanted to ask you one more question about Don Shula. What's a unique story you had about Coach Shula that no one really knows? Like a, a, a personal experience with Coach Shula. I can see you're, you're laughing right now. No. I can't wait to hear it. Coach Shula is just, a, he, he just, he's just an amazing individual. Such a, <laughs> one of the most 
intense people that you want to be around. And like I say, you know, he um, he was he was very serious about what he was doing. He wanted to be the best at it. And he wanted people around him that was serious about it and wanted to be the best at it too. Um, you know, very intense. And uh, you know, game time on the sidelines and stuff. And I can remember when I was a, I was a assistant coach with him one year, and um, and I always kind of like wherever Coach Shooter was, I try to not be around him, right? <laughs> So, so he uh, he he he's there on the sideline, and some kind of way I messed around, and I was next next to him right there. And it doesn't matter. He turns around, he wants to know the down and distance and whatever because he's not trying to make a decision. And he turned around, and looked at me, what's the down and distance? And I'm like, and I froze, and I, and I didn't know what the down and distance was. And I just said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that that was like the worst thing you could do. And uh, and he just lit into me, da 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 da, and then he, uh, you know, and uh, then, but I I learned my lesson. Is it mm-hmm. know the down and distance, but more importantly, just don't ever be around him on that sideline. You know, <laughs> if he's on if he's in, on the fifty yard line, find yourself around the forty five. Just don't be close to him and stuff. And uh, but he was uh, he was amazing guy and stuff and and. Uh, you know, and I should have known it down the distance. You, you should always be in the game. It's, uh, that's something that's elementary. Yeah. You should know the down and distance and stuff. But right then at that second, I didn't know it and stuff. So, and uh, but no, he was a he was a really uh, really great guy. I mean, like I said, he made us all better people. And we're gonna miss him. He's uh, yeah. you know South Florida. What he did for the National Football League. What he did for the Dolphins and you know the organization and South the community. He was a community guy. He was out here in the community. You know, mm-hmm. with the um, United Way and doing things, and you know, just a good man, good man and stuff. He will be missed and stuff. Well, absolutely. And uh, talking with uh, the great Hall of Famer Dwight Stevenson, one of the hundred greatest football players to ever live, on the nineteenth episode of Where They At. My name is Debatels, and Mr. Stevenson, talk about how like you were always ahead. You were a step ahead of your opponents all the time. What what was the preparation process like as you dealt with those great interior linemen uh, throughout the eighties? I mean, there was some great players like the 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 um, the sack exchange, you know, of the Jets and you know, and and, and Fred Schmierless with the Bills, you know, and everything like that. So talk about like how you prepared for those great players and how you were always a step ahead. You know what I do, and I played against guys and stuff, and and I try to say. You know, guys, I didn't want to never get to the point where I say I hate to play against this guy. It was fearful or scared of playing against this guy. So, you, hey, you tell yourself, no, I want to play against the guy. I want to play against the best rushing defense out there and stuff. We want to play against the, uh, the run-stopping defense the best. I mean, we and, and figure out a way to, uh, you know, to, uh, to, 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 to win the game or be successful against them. So, mm-hmm. you know, when there's guys like that, I really I try to over-prepare with Preparation is something that Coach Brian, Coach Shula, all of them always talk about preparation, preparation, mm-hmm. preparation. Know what you want to do. I mean, the last thing I want to do out there is be undecided about what is going on. I need, I want to know what they, their defensive front, what they're trying to do. I want to know, um, uh, you know, what the play is, and I want to learn it. I want to know if they if they do this, this is the way we're going to run the play. This is adjustment that we have to make. And you just think through all those situations and then prepare for uh, things that, things that could possibly happen out there and stuff. So I would prepare. Then physically, I mean, I try to train and, you know, make sure I do everything, you know, to get ready physically that I can. I mean, you know, do the weight training, do the, you know, do all those things that I need to do. 
and I felt as though I had pretty good strength and, and so, but I, you know, and that's the quickness. But the thing I needed to also be able to, I mean, I want to go out there and just let my football ability take it. That's why I wanted to, I wanted to know what I wanted to get done on the field. So when I come on the field, I know what I want to do. Now I want to think about it and stuff and just go out here and kind of, you know, be aggressive and, and go after people and stuff. And mm. uh, so if I'm playing against a guy like Fred Smirlis and Joe Klecko and those guys, I mean, I don't want I, – I, I want to be able to go after them and, and, and give it give my best shot. And uh, and, I, and that just whatever I do, I mean, I feel as though if I'm going after them 100%, uh, to, I, feel, I feel I got a chance. And I'm not going to say I'm going to win every play, but I feel as though I had a chance and stuff. And, and, and realizing that if you get beat one time, that's one play. And just – get it out your head, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then make adjustments, think about what happened, but, you know, get it out your head and don't let that happen again. Don't, don't get yourself too high so that the person get underneath you or whatever the, you felt you, you did wrong there and stuff. So, but, wow. but, I, but I accepted the challenges and stuff. And I, uh, you know, and, and, you know, realizing that it's going to be some, in order for me to do that, I might get my, I might have these are times that things don't go that well for me, but I still have to go through that and stuff to get to where I want to get to. Wow. Well, there weren't many weeks, if any weeks, that uh, <laughs> that you, <Right>. you know, <laughs> I'll tell it's you a challenge. No, it's the game guys, was perfection. I mean, perfection, you know. You know what? I, it's guys that I have a lot of respect for. I'm telling you that they played the game and stuff, and I'm telling you they were good, good, great football players, good football players. And, and, uh, and, I, I, and I played also. I played with that, had great guys to play with. You know, that mm-hmm. one thing that people don't know, you know, is – you know, the experience and stuff. And I've learned, you know, I learned from guys like Bob Kuchiver and Ed Newman, you know, mm-hmm. these guys and uh, Larry Little, you know, he yes. took me under his wings when I first came in the That's league. That's right. I, he was a vet. I, he was I, your, he I was learned. your vet. Mm-hmm. Right. I learned from the guys. I mean, Larry was one to, uh, I mean, he tell me, teach me things. And I'm like, when I first got there, I didn't the pass in game. Cause we didn't, Alabama, we didn't pass that often. I mean, we passed, <laughs> we had 60 plays. We passed, Five, I mean, maybe seven, ten plays at the most. We passed the ball and uh, throw the ball, and uh, so pass protection was uh, something that was new to me, fairly new to me. And then not only that, but then the games that they played with the looping and the youth games and the me games and all that. And I was like, man, how do you how do you know what's what? He said, Dwight, just relax. He said, that man goes away from you. That's another one's gonna come. Okay, then. Yes. So you just got so don't go chasing he just stay in that area unless you're supposed to design to chase him but but um so he helped me out just those little things and uh you know helped me as a player and stuff but larry there's one of those guys that did a good job did a good job in the league and i appreciate him taking the time to teach me and show me how to play the game wow is he is he on the nfl 100 team as well larry little uh no probably should have been but he, oh. Larry, Larry Lewis was was a great offensive lineman and uh you know and we um you know Miami Dolphins I'm telling you down here he's I mean I mean he's and and in the league I mean he's he's just yes. one of the best no question Wow, no doubt about that. And and sir, like um, becoming captain, there was so many polarizing players on the on those Dolphins teams. But you were the captain because right. that offensive line for six years gave up the fewest sacks in the league, and mm-hmm. you became captain. How how did that? How special did that make you feel when Coach Shula gave you that C on your jersey? You know, the stuff that happened to me in the football world. <laughs> was unbelievable. Uh, and uh, just like that, you know, 
when Coach Shuley tapped me on the shoulder to be the captain of the Miami Dolphins Ooh. offense. That was like, I, you know, I still, you know, it was, I, I still remember that day almost. And I remember it, someone even told me that, no, Coach Shuley's going to make you the captain of the team. And I'm like, nah. I mean, I didn't say no, but I was like, I didn't think that was possible. I really, and uh, sure enough, he tapped me on the shoulder probably a couple of days later or whatever and stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and it was, you know, it was a great feeling. It really was. But I wanted to be a good example. I'm not one of these guys that do a whole lot of talking, but I, I think that by example, that's the way I lead and stuff. If I get out there, the work that needs to be done, I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to do the things that take the chances and stuff that need to be taken. Uh, you know, I, I believe I got to do my part. And, um, and, and when you're a leader, you, you got to do more, uh, you yeah. got to do more. And, uh, I don't know where I said, if you want to, if you want to lead men, you got to run with the horses. And, uh, so I believe in, you know, you know, do, doing more. So. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, and, and, and you did do more and, and winning the 1985 NFL man of the year award, which is now the Walter Payton man of the year award. Um, is that do you see that as your, like your crowning accomplishment because that's all about serving the community not just playing on the field but but being an influence off the field an influencer excuse me being man of the year is absolutely one of the highlights of my career and uh uh it's one that um people have the players have such great respect for it and that's what you you want your peers and that sort of thing you, you really appreciate your peers and stuff um recognizing and you know you know saying that, hey, you know, it's a great award and stuff, uh, as well as, you know, as well as people in the community and, and people, period. So but that that award right there was one of the, one of the highlights of my career and stuff. And uh, it was um, one that you give to a player that's because of what he's doing in the community as well as on the field. It just uh, it's a great award. And uh, I still want to do my part in the community to help out and, and um, realizing that, you know, that people, that there's a need out there and stuff. And I try to do, do my part and, and, um, and that people know we appreciate them. And, uh, and I appreciate them uh, supporting me throughout the years. So. Well, and, and through your D Dwight Stevenson Foundation, which is doing some great things. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, we, Dwight Stevenson Foundation is one that we do. We try to, we've done several things with it and stuff. We's, uh, we've been involved with, uh, we do a uh, golf tournament and uh, that's where we raise uh, funds and, and now we're trying to do things like buy computers uh, for kids, uh, especially now it's kind of needed. Especially now. now. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but we were doing it before and where, you know, kids need computers in order to do the homework now and stuff. And before we were trying to say, you know, like we have kids and they have to go to the libraries and wait out, wait in, in line or whatever stuff before they can get the computers to do their homework or, you know, that sort of thing. Where if they had one in their home and they had the, uh, you know, had the internet service, they could do it. They could do their homework right there at home and stuff. And it's just tough for them to compete. How, how do you, does anyone, how do people expect them to compete with the, with other kids when they have the computers and they get on the bus and they can go do their thing on the on the bus yeah. these kids are waiting until they get home probably got some other things chores or whatever they have to do then they have to go to the library to wait in line or you know to use the lab it's just tough it's tough to compete tough to compete so right. trying to code have them you know with that digital divide you know close the gap somewhat yeah no doubt about that and uh, that that's important because kids need an opportunity they need an equal palette 
that's what what's needed you know that's for sure um and everything and and i think uh with with this pandemic and what's going on we're seeing that things are not equal <laughs> to say the yeah. least the faithful day um 1987 that was monday night football am i right was that a monday yeah. night football game where yeah. where you injured your knee um yeah. and and it's really weird it was with your former teammate marty lyons was opposite of you yeah. and everything yeah. please uh, talk about that night and describe what happened and were you surprised that you weren't able to continue your career after that yeah yeah you know that night um i i, I don't remember being anything special before before the game but then, you know, we're going through the game and uh, and things are going pretty good for us and stuff. We have the game under control. We're just running the clock out. And uh, oh, that's just, the worst. Way, there's a change of possession there, uh, you know, a fumble or whatever stuff. And, and and I see it happen and I make a couple of steps in that direction. And, and then my teammate, excuse me, my college teammate, Marty Lyon, he hit me. But he uh, that night i mean he didn't hit me get totally if he hit me good enough it probably would have knocked me on the ground that's probably what it would have been, it'd have been there okay for everybody. <laughs> but when he hit me he caught me kind of off guard and i tried to recover and uh and that's when i got my leg uh, caught funny and you know and i did all kinds of things to my leg and uh and then uh but i finally got to the ground it seemed like it took forever to get to the ground i got to the ground and uh but that night, I, I really thought I'd play again and stuff. But uh, you know, hey, you know, they, uh, yeah, it was other. It was otherwise I already decided. So anyway, I, uh, I never. I always had a plan. You got to have a plan and stuff. And I said, you know, if I ever uh, uh, the game or whatever, so I'm not going to be just hanging around, just be hanging around. I said, you know, I'm going to thank God. You know, I've literally what it, football and being ahead of opportunities and stuff that I was able to. Do, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I need one more year, one more year, and just you know. I mean, hey, I'm gonna thank God and I'm gonna move on and stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. that's what I try to do, uh, God. You know, because He's good. I played. I was in the league for eight years. That was my ninth year. I, I hit one more year after that day that I hit. But I, that was really a you know, was really just time to move on. And uh, my leg, uh, you know, the thing that I have was called commonly called as a foot drop and a peroneal nerve. Of a guy that was damaged, and that's why I, um, you know, I have trouble. I'm not able to do the up motion in my foot, but it doesn't keep me. You know, life goes on. I'm trying to, you know, move forward and stuff. So, wow. um, so anyway, that night, again, my career was over with. I never hit the player, uh, hit the field again as a player, and um, and then I, uh, I was on the team the next year and stuff. But uh, after that, I just I had to retire and stuff, and I uh, call it a day. But I thank God. I'm telling you, now, I played. Uh, I played the game a lot longer than I thought I'd play it, and and uh, had a great time and stuff. So. Well, yes, indeed, and 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 you made the most out of it to make the Hall of Fame, for sure. Yeah. Do you advise? Like, are there any players that 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 seek your advice, especially on life after football? Because you've had such a successful retirement with your company and and doing many different things. That have have you been able to advise any players, past and present, uh, and and name those players? I mean, I do, and these guys that I you know throughout the years and stuff. That uh, that have come to me for advice and whatnot. Even some of the guys I played with in college and stuff. And I do what I can, you know, uh, to talk to them and give them advice and stuff. But it's it's just like what we did on in football and stuff. I try to tell them. I mean, you go out there and I'm telling you, you don't think you're gonna be able to make it. You like you, 
you you like you don't think you're gonna make it because you just getting beat or you you know the guy uh, in front of you that's experienced and he's just going and you know he's he's making you look very very bad and stuff. But you don't know, just don't give up and stuff. And uh, you know and then just get in there and try to learn learn what you're doing and realizing that you know you're gonna it's a process and um, you know that everybody goes through it. And then you hear about other people that that have come before you and how their story went and how they made it. So I you know. I kind of fall back on that too. That helps, uh, the, you know, to, to hear those stories and stuff. And then, you know, but it's been guys throughout the years and stuff. And I, you know, I'm not thinking about some guys and, you know, uh, and even people just in the community and stuff, you know, just, you know, I do, I don't, I, someone is guys that are in construction business is guys that have, uh, that have started out with the company, my company and stuff and went mm. into business on their own and stuff. So, I mean, wow. and it's guys that, I can't think of anybody now that I played played in the league that got into the construction business uh, that I'm involved with. But um, it's guys that are involved. I mean, you know, you talk with Joe Klecko, he's up in New York. Marty Lyons involved with the construction business himself. Yeah. Uh, but it's other guys, you know, they're in the business and stuff and in the in the industry. And um, you know, so, yeah. Wow. I try to try to. I, I'm willing to sit down and talk to anybody and see who, if I can help them or give them tell them my, tell them my story and see what they think. That's right, and that's the thing. That and that's. Do you feel it's it's kind of a shame that younger players don't know the history? Like a lot. I mean, I've talked to current players and they don't know anything before like they were ten years old or something like yeah. that. You know, so that's that's discouraging. That what do you think like about how important is it for the NFL? and for organizations to enlighten their players on the, the great style before them? I tell you what, that is probably one thing that um, I would like, I think everyone would like to see that, and, and it should happen. And that's one of the things I said. You know, when I came in the league, you didn't really know, I didn't really know the history. I really didn't. Um, and I guess I knew, I mean, I watched Leroy Kelly on Sunday in the Minnesota Vikings. I knew about the Caramel, but the guy, mm -hmm. what happened before that, I really didn't like, you know, guys that played like, when I came in, Jim Brown, was, when I started watching football, Jim Brown was pretty much, he was out the league, and Leroy Kelly was yeah. who I kind of watched. So, but, but you know, I didn't know the game, him, and, you know, and Night Train Lane, and, uh, not Night Train, uh, yeah, Night Train Lane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Night Train Lane, and these guys, I, I didn't, um, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't know that much about them, but, but I, I'm like, you know what? So I, it wasn't, that I was disrespecting them or the game. It, I, I, I didn't know about it. I, I wish I should, I should have known about it. And then before you know it, you're out the game. I mean, that, that mm. time flew back so fast before knowing I'm out the game. Now I got to get on with life, try to, you know, make, you know, try to make a living now, whatever yeah. stuff. And yeah. I continue to try to make a living. But, you know, I think that the, knowing the history, is, is, is a big deal because it's guys now that I want them to know that I appreciate what they did. I mean, like I say, these guys that, you know, uh, played the game, uh, that didn't, you know, especially, you know, they didn't make a lot of money. They didn't, they, they made it, they helped make the game what it is. They didn't have the protections that these quarterbacks and some of these other players have now. They didn't have the medical uh, situation. I mean, they helped make the game what it is today. And I we, we I would like for them to know that we appreciate them. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then, like I said, but these young guys today, they don't they don't really know the history of the game mm -hmm. either and stuff. And I think it would be like one of the requirements, kind of like to have a little history course on, on, the, on the league. Right. 
That's so they, the guys understand, they appreciate this. This game didn't just start happening five years ago or whatever stuff. This game has been in existence for a hundred years now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and show the evolution or I mean, the revolution, I mean, the evolution and how it has come about and everything. So. And the protection of health, you know, especially the concussions that everything like, unfortunately, you know, you, you and Mike Webster, the two greatest centers to ever live. And Mike mm-hmm. Webster, the CTE affected him to unfortunately kill himself. And, yeah. you know, and things like that, like these young players got to know that the, all the health provisions made for them based on right. what you guys went through. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm telling you that, that they, they don't know. And I'm not upset with them. I just know that they don't oh. know. You know what I mean? We we I would like for them to, and I and I would need to know more about the the game, the history, and all that too and stuff. Uh, but we can all learn more about this game, that this great game, and, and it is a great game. And uh, and uh, we just need to, you know, need to protect it. We need it. We need to take care of it. We need to make sure we, you know, we're we're there for it and stuff. So, right. And speaking of the great game and the uh, the great place that is in canton ohio and you were inducted in that uh majestic place in 1998 and uh but it was brit it was bittersweet uh you lost your older sister earlier that year so um go through what you were feeling at that time as you were getting being inducted and how your family go it goes back to how your family influenced you and especially how your older sister inspired you Right, like I said, my family. I mean, I, I, they, they were instrumental in what I'm doing. I'm telling you, any success I had and stuff. When I, when we went off to college, uh, you know, uh, they were there for me. And my oldest sister, she, she's the one. She's Joyce, sister, Joyce, Joyce, yes, uh, mm-hmm. right. She was a leader. She was a leader. She was the toughest one of all of us. I'm talking about just a, and uh, you know, with, hey, you could do it, and they did it. You could do it, and that sort of thing. And she's very opinionated and. And uh, you know, in a real strong, one of the strongest willed people, will strongest real people that I ever been around and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, and we, yes, we lost her uh, about a year before I went in the Hall of Fame, and uh, just unbelievable. It was something that, um, like my one of my brothers said, he, you know, I thought we all grow old together. I never thought about us not being around and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. One of us not being around, and uh, but you know. God bless her. So we miss her. She wants us to move on and, you know, continue to do well. Her, her children are doing well. All four of them are doing great. Yes. And uh, so but she was, uh, she's, she's missed. And, and, uh, and, you know, we think about all the time and stuff. And then, um, but, uh, you know, the, the hall of fame and it's a magical place. It's mm-hmm. so one of those places that I, uh, uh, again, I never thought about being a pro football fan, never thought about it. And I'm gonna tell you, I, uh, you know the guys that are in there now. I when I was coming up, and Carl Allen was like my. He's the guy that if I went on the football, I'm emulating Carl Allen. I mean, Carl Allen is the man. And I'm sitting down at the table, just having some some dinner or lunch or whatever at a lunch, and I'm like Carl Allen next to me, the man, the guy that you know that I, um, you know, I just idolize the guy and stuff. And uh, so you know, and then you see Dick Buckers walk across the room, and you see you know. Jim Brown over here and it's like, this is just unbelievable. And I'm like, they're going to figure me out at some point. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, this, this whole thing for football, uh, you know, the awards and stuff. I'm like, just seeing like, I, I don't know. Maybe they're figuring me out. And I'm not supposed to be in here or whatever and stuff. But 
I'm happy. I'm happy to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, and Coach Shula, who made it the year before, I'm sure he said, welcome yeah. to the club, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he knows that public speaking is probably something that I need to work at, no question. But he, uh, he's one of those guys, he's telling me, look, when you come in, you got to enjoy this thing. This is not something that you, you, you dread and you don't want to do. This is something, you know, this is, this is, this is a great thing and you got it. You enjoy it. And yes. uh, he did my induction speech and uh, I, that made me uh, – yeah, made me think uh, that was, I thought he was a perfect fit for that. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he did it. You know, he did a good job for me and, you know, uh, special time for me. Wow. Special yeah. Time. Yes, indeed. Here on the 19th episode of Where They At, talking with the legend, Dwight Stevenson, Pro Football Hall of Famer, one of the 100 greatest football players of all time. And speaking of the NFL 100, there's only three centers that are with you there, Mel Hine, Jim Otto, and Mike Webster. When your name was announced, uh, were, uh, did you feel like to yourself, yeah, I, I, yeah I, should, I should be on that list? Or were you pleasantly surprised? I'm going to tell you, when, uh, when uh, I, was, I was traveling out of town and uh, – and Roger called me, Roger Goodell called me and said, uh, and I, cause I, you know, anyway, he called me and uh, I didn't recognize the phone number. And, uh, so I took the call. Was it 212? 212 number, right? No, it wasn't. It was, it was a no call. I, oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't. So I didn't, I didn't recognize, but I used that. And I, I probably wouldn't have took the call, but I was thinking I was driving. And so I was in Georgia somewhere. And, uh, and at the time, uh, so I took the call, and he said, Dwight, this is Roger. And I, we just small talk for a little bit. And then he said, but I want to be the first one to call and tell you that you made the 100. I'm like, that is so cool. I said, that, I said I'm on cloud nine right now. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I said, uh, yeah, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you taking the time. He said, well, I wanted to personally call you and call the, call the rest of the team and let them know who's on it and stuff. And I said, it's just a great feeling and a great honor. And uh, yes. great, great, and uh, so that, that was yeah, that was that was a special moment. That's one of the things in my career, you know, probably being one of the 100 greatest football players they ever played a game is is, is huge for me. Wow, no doubt, no doubt about that, sir. And and also, like it's so funny, Pro Football Focus named the award after you the best overall football player because they have the whole metrics and everything was going on, some analytics and that. Okay. How did that make you feel? Like Pro Football Focus is like revered, you know. Everyone goes to that for rankings or each positions, but they named the best overall player after you. That's a that's deep. Like your name is there, you know, well, what's your take on that? <laughs> you know, it's, it's again, it's just some of the things that happened to me. I don't know how you, you explain it. I really don't. Uh, but again, I'm happy to be there. I, uh, you know, it's just, I'm happy. I'm happy about it. Stuff. I can't tell you, you know, that I, that I said I would, that was a goal of mine or this is something. I mean, it, that happened. I'm overwhelmed. It's just very happy about that and stuff. Just very yeah. happy. Yes, indeed. And, and I wanted to, to uh, ask you about some current events now with the NFL season. We all know with COVID-19, there's yeah. no sports going on, except UFC had their event, but there's no crowd. So now right. the NFL, of course, training camp hasn't arrived yet. It's in about two months, about two, yeah, a little more than two months away. And then the season starts in September. The NFL has a contingency plan and everything in place. Do you mm-hmm. see the season starting on time? You know, I can only go by what they, the, the NFL is saying, and so I do. I, I hope it does. I, you know, the NFL is, um, 
like I said, modifications that uh, I think that yes, I mean we we will go on uh, start on time. Uh, I mean it's uh, people need some outlet. I mean you know, and and we need to take into account that this this COVID nineteen is a serious matter. But how can we adjust and, and move on? Is what what the, I think the NFL needs to do, and what it's going to do, and stuff, um, and, and and protect and and still protect the community and stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, I think we I think we can do that and stuff. So I think that it will go and happen on time. Good points of what you brought up, and and I wanted to ask you about Alabama. Going back to Alabama, Nick Saban has had tremendous success there, of course. Now. Yeah. Do you do you see him? I know you say Coach Bear Bryant's the greatest, yeah. but do you think Saban is in his tier right now, or is he close to passing him? Where does Saban rank right now on the annals of not just Alabama football, because that's Bear Bryant and him, but yeah. overall college football? I mean, I think that Nick Saban. I mean, the job he's done. You got to take your head off to the take your head off to him. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh it's just amazing. He Coach Bryant did what he did, and Nick is doing what he using what he has. But they're both winners. They're both winners. Uh, Coach Bryant kind of made the you know like some people said, uh, you know he he set the foundation there and whatnot. Coach <laughs> Coach Saban came in. He's made it bigger. Uh -huh. and I, I think they both done what they needed. They're both successful. They um, they're they're outstanding coaches. Uh, Coach Brown was my head was my head coach. I'm gonna tell you, I feel he's the best. Okay, then, and uh, you know, I, I I just think that uh, I think that Nick does a great job, and he's I think he's needs to be considered to be the best too. He's he makes it for he he helps those guys around him. He develops good people too. Uh, it's mm -hmm. not just turning out guys; they're just good football players. They're good people, and wow. and uh, as well as Coach Brian. I mean, these guys now. You know, they were good football players, okay, and some of them may never even been a good football player, but 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 because of being around Coach Bryant, they become good people. And I think that Nick Saban does the same, does something similar to that. I mean, it's not all about football. Mm -hmm. It's uh, they they develop good people. And Coach Shula, I mean, I just I enjoy being around people that help people around them be better and stuff. I've never been the one that you know that I'm patting myself on the back and da 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 hold it, but I that person that's next to me if I can make him better or help him get better I'm gonna be good I mean I'm I'm, I'm gonna be all right yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, but I I don't even, uh, but I do believe in you know doing my part I gotta work hard I gotta be leading I mean but I want other people to see my leave see my example whatever stuff and I make them better because mm -hmm. they you know in order to they we just some kind of way we just make one another better Wow, no doubt. And it's funny how Coach Saban coached the Dolphins as well as Alabama. That Alabama and Miami link again. <laughs> yeah, it is there, stuff. And, uh, that kind of that, that wasn't a, a kind of the you know, way it ended or whatever stuff. Yeah, wasn't necessarily yeah. <laughs> for Matt for Miami anyway. It wasn't a good you know situation and stuff. Uh, or you know could have stayed here and didn't didn't work out. But anyway, it was May and. Uh, and Nick, you know, he's uh, he's doing well with the Alabama, and that's great. And Alabama, Miami, we're still kind of figuring our way through it and stuff. But I think I tell you what, I like the coach that we have here, now Coach Brian, I mean Brian Flores. Yeah, talk more doing, about him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think I think he's going to do a tremendous job again. He's not just trying to throw four to five guys together, 
get a big superstar or something like that. He's trying to build a team. And some of the ways that they won games last year, I like the way they won the game. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. that they just go out there all of a sudden throwing their hands up in the air, oh, we're just going to get beat again. Hey, no, they were trying to get better at time. He wasn't going to – and he's demanding that, they, that they're working at something, that they're, they're getting better. And that's one thing, like, even – some guys, you go through that 0 and 2, or that, I mean, you know, excuse me, oh, I'm 2 and 13 or 15 or 6, 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get, to, you got to go through that. And uh, to get to the, where you can win 11, 12, 13 games, get in the playoffs, and then, you know, you know, go on to the Super Bowl. But you, you got to, you got to build. You don't just put together a team. You got to build the team and stuff. And that's what, it, that's what I think Coach Flores is doing. Absolutely. And they finished so strong last year, too, you know, with that win in New England as well, you know, which was big. So absolutely. Yes. And 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 now speaking of another Alabama product to a Tagovailoa, now Miami, the starting quarterback, he's seen as the face of the franchise. Um, do you think they sh- is he ready to play his rookie year? Should he redshirt? And how high is his ceiling? Do you see? Yeah. I think it's I think it's ceiling is as as big as it wants to be. And the reason I say that, this guy seems to be a well grounded guy. He understands and knows that you know what, that the world doesn't rise and you know, the sun doesn't rise and shine with him. I mean fall I mean rise and set with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna go on, it's gonna go on, it's gonna go on. He's here now, he's gotta make the most of it. Um he's a, he's a he's he's a guy what I call, I asked one of my best friends there, and that's Terry Jones. He was a he was a center there for the University of Alabama too, just before I okay. got here. I talked to Big T. He's still the strength coach there, and that's T. Uh huh. I got a I got a little interview here in a little while and stuff. What do you think about Tua and stuff? He's looking at the white. There he is. That guy's gonna be good for the team, and he's gonna be good for the community. So yes. that's you know he's he's a well grounded guy. He does things in the community, and that's where you find a lot of guys that aren't that active in the community. Yep. As much as it should be or talk about community, he's going to be good for the community and he's going to be good for the football team. So uh, mm-hmm. I've seen him, you know, I've seen some of the things that he's done on the field. I'm like, just, just him in that situation when they played at the University of Georgia a few years ago, a Ooh, couple of years ago. That's right. <laughs> and here it is. I'm like, I'm not, how do you get sacked with, with, at this point in the game? You don't get sacked. And he came back the next play. Dig that, look that safe dog, and place that money ball right on the money there. I'm like, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's a, no, he was a hell of a quarterback. He, I think he's gonna be. He's, I think he's gonna be a really good uh, football player, and uh, and uh, and uh, people are excited about him coming down here. And should Miami play him this year? You think, or should they wait, or or just throw him in the fire? No, no, I think he. I think again, he's he's one of those. He's a guy that's capable. He doesn't get caught up in the. Stuff you know, yeah, he's been in big time games and stuff at the University of Alabama and stuff. And even then, he didn't. He waited his turn there at the University of Alabama. He handled uh, that situation with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, they handled that thing with class. Both of them. I them mean, quality guy. And um, so um, I think it's good that um, yeah, I think he comes down. Yeah, I think he's capable of starting the first year. Okay. I mean, like. Because even with that hip, that hip injury, though, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I mean, if he's ready to play, and now the hip injury used to be probably really a bad, bad thing some years back. Now with medicines and stuff like that, God, I mean, 
he should be better. He should be okay. And if he needs more time, absolutely give him more time. But it, you know, but he's a quarterback. It's not like you want him running too much. You know what I mean? You know, but he's capable of running. Yeah. Wow. Now, who's the best center in the NFL right now? Who's the best? You know, I can't tell you one guy that I can say I, I feel pretty – I say, hey, he's the, he's the best guy. I think the center play has gotten so much better mm-hmm. uh, now. Uh, and uh, and guys, they make them – you know, it's, I can't say one guy. I think it's the best. But there's some, there's some good good centers out there and stuff. I mean, the pound sees, like, they come to name and stuff. Uh-huh. Nobody, all pros and stuff like that. And uh, – but both of those guys seem to be capable guys and stuff, and not seem to be. They are capable guys and stuff. And uh, and and uh, but I, you know, so I, I guess I have to say one of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Now, now I wanted to um, ask you about your son, Dwight yeah. Jr. He played for Notre Dame and everything. How was that dynamic with you being a legendary football player? And him having to to and playing him playing the same game, even though he was on the defensive side of the football, playing the right. D line. Um, how was that dynamic? And and did he feel pressure to live up to your excellence? Yeah, I don't think you know what he he did well. He did well in, in high school, and he did well in, when he went to Notre Dame and stuff. He um, I don't think he had the pressure and stuff like that because he's 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 kind of like you know. He, uh, I don't think he really gave to the pressure or anything like that. I think mm-hmm. that he realized that, you know, well, I was fortunate. Some good things happened to me, but it wasn't like, you know, you know, just good things happened to me on the football field. It really did. But he, uh, but no, he went out there. He did a good job. He worked hard. He's mm-hmm. doing, he's applying the things he learned on the football field and how he became successful there. He's applying it now in business and what he's doing there and now and stuff. So, but no, he was he he was a he was and he's a smart guy. He's a really very smart. He takes out his mother. Uh, <laughs> really, really capable guy. So and uh, but he's working at it every day. I'm telling you, he's he's going to be the best. He's going to be the best. He's going to be the best. He's a good man. Well, no doubt. Now I do a segment, a quick segment to end the show called okay. No Huddle. So since you're a football player, it's No Huddle. If you're a basketball player, it'll be fast break. If you're a baseball player, it'll be hit and run. You know, I had Dan O'Brien on. It was a, it was a, a, a sprint dash. You know, for him. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so now, uh, but I want to ask some questions, and then yeah, give me quick answers for sure. We, no Huddle. We're going two minute drill. You know. <laughs> All right. No Huddle. Yes, indeed. Now, the toughest defensive lineman you've encountered in your career? Probably Joe, Joe Klecko. Ooh, okay. Yep, yep. I mean, just unbelievably strong, quick, smart, and should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. Now, most bizarre teammate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Did I, I wouldn't say bizarre, but I do want to mention him. Ed Newman was an offensive guard, yeah. probably one of the most underrated offensive linemen that ever played a game. He mm. played uh, he played at a high level, went to the Pro Bowl. He never, ever, I feel, got the credit that he deserves. He should be in the Dolphins ring of honor. He should be just a, just a good guy. But he was an unselfish player and, uh, you know, one of those guys that, you know, he did not get the credit he deserved. But he's too nice a guy, totally. Now, he's a judge now. But, but I, <laughs> And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's the kind of guy, just smart, unselfish guy. And uh, but he was he was a nice, nice guy. A good yeah. guy. Though. So uh, so so he was bizarre because he never got mad. Like you can't yeah, do anything to get yeah. him mad. 
and people do say, I'm not like, Ed, you don't have to take that stuff, you know, and, I'm, and I talked to him, but he, uh, he was a nice guy. He didn't let things phase him, you know, it's more important things is like, hey, you know, we're trying to win the game or we're trying to do this or whatever, but no, just a good man, good man, absolutely. Wow. Now, the song you would listen to before games to get you, get you motivated. You know what? Probably when I was in high school, I didn't really have one in the pros, probably, but Earth, Wind & Fire uh, was one of the songs that I listened to before every game, Yuli Devotion. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yep, that was my song there, and, uh, and uh, I listened to that thing, and then I was ready to play. Uh, uh, I go home. No, it's what I, no, I get that. Go go to go by Burger Chef. It was a restaurant by the name of Burger Chef back then. And oh, that sounds good. Burger Chef? Woo! Yeah, get a hamburger or whatever. Stuff, first bag. Come home, eat that, and listen to Yuli Devotion. And then uh, you bought about a couple of hours before the game or two and a half hours before the game. I go down to the stadium there. Uh, no, go to the school. And then we rode over on the bus. So, yeah, yeah. Wow. Good times. Wow. The sport you would play if football – didn't exist uh basketball that was that's what i loved and that's what i wanted to do and uh but i saw early on it wasn't gonna happen a whole lot uh so i did it for i enjoyed it in high school and uh you know and i still play once i was in the you know when i once i got up now i don't do that much with my leg and everything so i still shoot around a little bit wow now the most memorable game that you are a part of uh probably they were the memorable game, probably Penn State when we were uh, and on the college level when we played Penn State, Alabama played Penn State. Sugar Bowl, there. Sugar Bowl. Yep. Yeah, that was uh that was a hard fought game and tell you what, defense came up with every when they needed to come up with a play, they came up with a play. Offense, we scored some points. It wasn't it wasn't a lot, but we scored some points and we played against a good football team. Then in the pros, I say the Chicago Bears that Monday night. Yes. Uh, Eighty five gave them their only loss. Yeah, that was a big deal. <laughs> And that was special, you know, the Miami Dolphins, the only undefeated team. And uh, but then us having keep that uh, that that thing special to the Miami Dolphins, that was important uh, to me as well as the, the rest of the, my teammates and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Come off the field and see Larry Little and them guys and hey, <laughs> care of business and stuff. So it was cool. That's right. I know. I know a favorite team of yours is that 2007 Giants team. You know, because the Patriots were so close. I know Eli Manning. You love him forever. You know. <laughs> I tell you what, and I thought that I thought it was going to happen. Someone's going to do it. It's the records and stuff. You know, you want the Miami Dolphins to be special, and we're going to do everything we could to win. But you know, that's those records out there and stuff, and people are shooting it for it. But it's going to be hard to hard to for someone to break that record. Well, now the movie that you watch over and over and over and over uh, again. Probably Top Gun. Top okay. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like action stuff and mechanics and, you know, all that kind of stuff, machinery and all that. So that was cool. That's, that's, that's cool. I like that, that movie. That's right. And you were in the prom year career when that came out. So, yes, indeed. <laughs> well, and one more question in the No Huddle segment. The one person, dead or alive, you want to have lunch with? Uh, yeah, I uh, probably... Barack Obama, you know, mm. yeah, he's a special guy and uh, just a guy that, you know, I admire. And I'm not talking about just because he's black. I'm just telling you the guy is just is phenomenal human being and, uh, you know, and special guy. Wow, absolutely. And he made history. And I, I just saw um, Becoming recently, uh, the Michelle Obama film. So that was really nice on Netflix. Yeah. 
she's a special lady and she's with a special man. I'm telling you, yes, those two are special people. Oh, for sure. They and they inspire, inspire. And what we were talking about earlier about kids having the opportunity to show their potential, to show their maximum potential for sure. And they and they lived it for sure. Absolutely. Two classy, two classy people, two people that we can all model model ourselves after. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And and one more question before we go. This yep. Mount Mount Rushmore. Four four faces right there. Name the Alabama Alabama Mount Rushmore. Which four face? Uh, now we uh, and uh, uh, players players because we know Coach Coach Saban and Coach yeah. Bryant will be there. But players, the four players you put under Mount Rushmore for Alabama. For Alabama, probably I say. Uh, you can you can include yourself too. You no, can't no, include- no, no. That's that'd be too. That would be too. <laughs> that's just not my style. <laughs> Uh, Joe Willie Namath, uh, mm. you know, uh, John Hanna. Uh, let me see. And then I go defense. I got to get a defensive player in there. You guys like Woodrow Lowe. You know, he was a hell of a linebacker yes. there. But he leave about 15 years and don't, you know, yeah. And, uh, and uh, trying to think of, uh, let me see. Another one. I need one more. Yeah, let me see. So those guys, Joe Willie and you know, and we go with Stabler. Steady Kenny. Kenny, wow. special guy. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Stabler. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. And but no, no Bart Starr? You know what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, Bart. Yeah, but I gotta I gotta get I feel good about my 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 defensive player, Joe. I mean put it all low and I feel good about uh um uh, John Hanna. Yes, so. indeed. I, I love who I love that Mount Rushmore, sir. That's killing. Absolutely. Well, but but I want to say, Mr. Dwight Stevenson, I thank you for the honor and the privilege for me to talk with you. You really um, you really set the tone for excellence, not just at the center position, but for any position in football. And and it was such an honor to, to get your perspective on excellence, your perspective on team teamwork, your perspective on being unselfish. And I thank you for blessing me to be on where they at. I appreciate you. You got it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you showing the interest and getting with me and tell you what, it was good. Uh, you made it easy to talk to. And uh and and this is great, but we got to keep this going. We got to keep on trying to get better and better. So let's let's keep it going. Thank you all for listening to the 19th edition of Where They At. Wow, what an honor to have the great Dwight Stevenson on the show. One of the most prolific offensive linemen in the history of the National Football League, and a prolific individual as well. And if you like the music that you hear. You can go to N-A-B-A-T-E-I-S-L-E-S.com. That's nabateals.com. And the music is from my album, Eclectic Excursions, which you can uh, be able to check out on the site. And also you can stream and or download on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Google Play, Amazon, etc. Like anywhere where digital music is available. And please subscribe to where they're at so you can be able to hear other episodes of amazing individuals that were at the top of their particular sports. And you'll see that there's a a dossier of great people that I've been honored to speak with. So you can subscribe and or follow on on Google Play, on on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, on iHeartRadio. And so you can be able to check out all the episodes and rate 
make sure to rate as well too that'll help me out uh tremendously so thank you once again for listening to where they at my name is nabate isles and be safe be healthy be blessed as this storm of COVID-19 shall pass and stay home too so we can slow down the spread of this horrible disease. Take care, everybody. God bless. Mm-hmm.